All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey everybody, welcome to uh, another episode of Dropping the Gloves with John Scott and Tim Wurzberger. I am on location today at Tim's apartment. Hey Tim. Good morning, John. You had a big, nice breakfast here. Oh man, you know, sometimes you just need a greasy breakfast. And it was one of those mornings I've had a rough week, Tim. It's been a rough one. Coming off a vacation, we were up in Northport, Michigan at our kind of lake I, I, it's our lake house and it was a great week and then you come back into town and it's just like you got to pick up the pieces after vacation and it's been a rough week and it's only Wednesday real life hits hard huh well I'm getting a new roof put on the house and the part of the deal was I have to take the shingles off of my roof and you see my roof it's a very very steep large roof and I'm like okay it'll take me two days each side of the house, two days each, and I get into it. Taking off shingles is hard. Have you ever done it? Never. No. It is so incredibly difficult. And this roof has two layers on it. And it's the pitch of the roof is 12-12. So for all our roofing fans out there, it's a 12-12 pitch, meaning for every 12 feet you go horizontal, you go 12 feet vertical. So it's a very steep pitch. The typical roof is like 12-5. So for every 12 feet horizontal, am I boring you already? No, so I'm learning so much. It's a very steep pitch and I don't have the equipment. So I'm up there just, you know, doing whatever I can not to fall off this roof. And I'm a, I'm a good hour and a half into it. I'm feeling the groove. It's 90 degrees outside. I'm sweating like an animal. And my kids run outside. Dad, dad, there's water on the floor. I was like, oh, boy. Okay, what? In the bathroom. Yeah, come here. And so I have to scramble down the ladder. I, I run in the house, and the toilet's backed up. It's coming up through the tub. Mm. There's poop water and pee no. and just disgusting no. sewage all over the floor. I'm like, what is going on? I'm like, what did you flush? What happened? what's going on and they're just like we don't know and so i immediately grab the plunger start trying to plunge it it's not going anywhere how does it smell just rancid (laughs) and so i I managed to somehow like plunge it down back in the tub and down back in the toilet and i'm grabbing towels from everywhere just trying to sop up all this stuff and 
I don't know what to do. It's not figured out. I, I and the worst thing, I, I try to test flush, and it just flowed over. I'm like, you dummy. <laughs> it just overflowed again. So I had to do it again, the whole shebang with the towels and the and the plunging and this and that. And so I'm like, okay, what do I do? I call the plumber. It's the 4th of July. It's the Monday. So no one's working. Right. I call all the plumbers I know. They're like, yeah, even if I could help you, I don't know what I could do because it seems like it's a pretty big job. So I go on the YouTube to become, become an expert because that's what you do, right? You YouTube everything and you know exactly what's wrong. They say to snake it. I go and buy a snake. Doesn't do a thing. And then I, I'm in the hardware store and the guy's like, you get this chemical and you pour it down your drain and it will absolutely dissolve anything in your drain. Like it is a highly, highly, highly potent chemical. Very, very dangerous. It comes, it's so dangerous. The chemical is in a plastic jug. It comes wrapped in a plastic bag that's sealed. Wow. That's how dangerous this thing is. So I'm like, I'm going for it. 64 ounces. Let's do it. Pour it down the toilet. But let me back up. The guy who sold it to me said, I just used this product last year. And for some reason, I put my thumb in my toilet to check if the clog was still there. And he pulled his thumb out and the nail was dissolving before his eyes. <laughs> so and then he showed me his thumb and the nail was gone. No, and it looked way. gross. And I was like, wow, that th- it's like it's the like real acid, deal. right? It is. He's like, if you want to dissolve a body, these are his words. He's like, if you want to dissolve a body, you get the five gallons. But if you want to clear out your pipes, you get the 64 ounces. <laughs> and so I got the 64 ounces and I go home and I'm like, put the kids upstairs. I don't know what's going to happen. And I dump it down the drain. I, I close the door because my wife's like, I can smell the fumes. Close the door, open the windows, turn the fan on in there. And I did that. I go back to the roof. Nothing's leaking. Everything's fine. I go back in the bathroom 30 minutes later. Maybe this is my fault where I just was like, ah, it's fine. It'll work itself out. Everything's going to be great. It's going to dissolve the the wet wipes or the stuffed animal or the big roll of toilet paper that the kids jam down there. I come back and the chemicals all over the floor of my bathroom. No. It's all over the floor of my bathroom. And I'm panicking because I'm like, this is a toxic chemical. And my kids are around and like... I don't know what to do. And so I go into sheer, just like freak out mode. I start grabbing more towels. I'm start lapping it up. I can't breathe because I breathe in the toxic fumes and I almost start gagging. Wait, so so whatever's down there is so bad that even the chemical wouldn't take it? No idea what's happening. I think the thing ate the seal of my toilet, the wax ring, and started to seep out from under the toilet. Uh. And so it was a complete disaster. And I like I'm not talking a little bit of the like the whole thing is on the floor and it, thankfully it might have been diluted by the water a little bit but not enough to the fact where I'm gagging trying to clean this up and I'm trying to keep it from going under my baseboards so I'm trying to like corral it into like the middle of all my towels so I can somehow get it out of there and the whole time I'm like don't get it on your hands don't get it on your hands like I'm trying to use the towels and I'm like you're sweating so you want to wipe your face and I must, like, I, I knocked at least a good two to six months off my life because I'm just sucking in these fumes, like, for 15 minutes. Like, uh, and I'm just like, this is terrible. I'm, like, trying not to get it on my nails. By the end of it, I'm like, I don't care. I'm just lapping it up. I'm, like, plunging it down. The stuff's going everywhere. I'm closing my eyes when I'm plunging it, trying to get it, like, 
It was it was from a movie. It was so bad. Do you still have all your fingernails? All my fingernails are intact, but I had an open wound that is potentially infected. <laughs> but but it won't be it's just not infected. It's just like burned. You know what I mean? And after all of this, I'm like, well, what do I do? Like I didn't know what to do, and so luckily I called some septic pumping company and they're like, "Oh, it's, you know, a holiday. We can get someone out there." It's going to cost you. So I was like, I have to. Like my kids, and obviously, I tell them, don't use the toilet. Estelle goes right upstairs and takes a dump. <laughs> and I'm like, Estelle, like, come on. And she's like, I had to go poop. I'm like, come on, man. Go like, outside. Yeah, well, go, seriously, like we go camping, we bring a bucket, you poop in the bucket, and when it gets full, dad walks across the, the highway or wherever we are and dumps it out. I remember that story. Digs a hole and like away we go. So like we've pooped in buckets before. It's not, you know, we're not too good for that. But so the toilet upstairs full, the toilet downstairs doesn't work. We're trying to do the laundry and that's, you can't do the laundry because that drains into the septic. The sinks work because it's a different drain line. But boy, oh boy, it was, it was insane. So we finally got the guy to come out and pump it. He cleared the blockage. Still don't know what it was. He couldn't see because it was just covered in feces. And I'm like, great. You know, and I, I'm going to get a bill for like a thousand bucks. At least. It's going to be just a train wreck. So I'm just like, come on. And then I have to get back to the roof. Should I keep going? Because it doesn't stop. Wait, so <laughs> it's like the halfway point of the story. Yeah. But right now, the toilets work. They work. And the smell is gone. The bathroom smells terrific. It's, been, it's completely sanitized. Well, I had to clean up the tub after that, too, because the tub was full of... Like, you've never seen... You've seen, like, dirty mud water. When there's legit, like, turds floating in your tub, it, no, you know, it stop. changes the... It changes the dynamic of wanting to have a relaxing bath and seeing your little kids in there just, you know, play. I'm like, ah. So I had to wash the tub out. I got bleach. I bleached it all out. I bleached the floors. Everything got sanitized. So it's all clean. But no, yeah, it's it's fine. I still have to get my septic tank pumped. That's going to happen this week at some point, I would imagine. But ah. Do you think anyone's still listening right now? We're just talking to ourselves at this point. You know, it's just, it's a window. Everyone thinks like, oh, yeah, we got everything figured out. You're so, you played in the NHL. You got so much money. Man, I was sifting through nuggets of poo and potty and stuff, trying to like unclog my toilet and my tub. And it's not glamorous. It really isn't. So anyways. That was that day. Then the next day I'm back on the roof and it starts to rain and pour and I'm up and down my ladder. I'm just like, my hands are beat. I'm just like, it's just been a week. And so I woke up this morning. I was like, I need McDonald's. And I went to McDonald's and I got four sausage burritos and a sausage McMuffin and an orange juice and a hash brown. And I just came to Tim's house to do a podcast. I just needed to get away. Yeah. I needed it. Yeah, you want to take a little nap while you're here? Honestly, I could sleep for 10 hours right now. My my hands are completely raw. I probably have some kind of toxic poison running through my veins right now. I just... Well, it's going to rain all day. You're going to do the roof or what? The roof? Well, there's another thing. It started to rain, unbeknownst to me, and the weather... The weather... Whoever does the weather on the iPhones should be shot and dragged through downtown. Because it did. It wasn't supposed to rain yesterday, and I'm... Yeah, mid- it was. Not until 8 p.m. Not until 8 p.m. 
And so it's 5.30, and I'm almost on the roof. I'm putting on the underlay. I got about six more rows to go. I'm like, I'm going to do this. This is going to be great. We hear the, the, the thunder off in the distance. I'm like, oh, no. And my roof is like, it's 22 feet by 38 feet on one side. And so I'm like, I don't have a tarp big enough. I run to Home Depot or Lowe's, excuse me, and grab a tarp that's 50 feet by 30 feet. I'm like, how do I put this on? I'm scaling my roof and I'm terrified. My ladder only goes up like 17 feet. So I jimmied a shingle. The thing you take the shingles off with is like a pitchfork. It's a little more sturdy. I loop that over the pitch of my roof and I'm scaling my roof trying to get to the pitch and I have this 25 pound tarp in one hand and I'm trying to get up and straddle the roof and I finally do it and I'm putting my tarp on I'm like oh it's 50 feet by uh 30 feet this is gonna be perfect I put it on the wrong way and so the 50 feet wide is going the wrong way and so I needed it to span 38 feet and only span 30 feet. And I'm like, ah, at this time it's starting to rain more. I'm just like, whatever. So I have like eight feet of my roof just exposed and I covered it up with a couple of the, and I'm getting yelled at because the kids first baseball game was that night. And that was my thing. And my wife had to take all the kids and she's all not yelling at me. She's upset, passive aggressively saying, I didn't sign up for this. And I'm just like, I know. I'm sorry. Don't even get me started. Yeah. And I'm trying to ask the kids questions. I'm on the How'd the game go, you guys? <laughs> like we had smoked 18 to five. I'm like, ah, I hope you had fun. <laughs> Sounds great. I was just like. It was a, it was, it's been a week. I like your little like homemade remedies for these things too. Like remember when you were rebuilding the house and you, you were cutting down at like one of the supporting beams inside yeah. and we held it up with a two by four and a car jack in the meantime while you sized and measured it up. Yep. You know, you just, you get through. So we, I managed to make it work. I cobbled it together. Well, it's going to be a beautiful roof when it's said and done. When it's all set, when I, when I look back, I'm like, you know, that was a lot of work. But I'm saving the $300 that it would have taken somebody to take. No. <laughs> it's a good life lesson, kids. You know, it, put a little elbow grease in something. It makes you appreciate it more. But anyways, that, that's that. That was that was my week. How was your, how was your week, Tim? <laughs> it's only Wednesday. It's like yeah. I still have Thursday, Friday, Saturday to get, get that roof. Anyway. No, tell I don't me about your good week, stories. Fourth, my fourth was good and just hanging out and getting sunburned and having a few too many beers and it was a good weekend and that sounds like fun yeah it was great did you catch uh montreal canadians this is a hockey podcast they they won game four they did win game four good for them you know i was a little annoyed at the tampa bay mayor did you see what she said no she comes out and she goes you know i hope tampa bay loses so they can come back and win it in tampa yeah, you don't say that. And I get it, but it's just like, it just demeans the Montreal Canadiens. It's like, oh, because they're so bad, they just can win any game whenever they want. Whatever. I hope Montreal comes back and sweeps them and they can just throw that in the mayor's face. Because I would she absolutely love that. She should have not said that. And the reason she said that was partially because the family members of Tampa Bay couldn't travel with them. So what a hollow victory again, if Tampa Bay wins it again and they win it on the road, much like last year when they were in the bubble, you can't celebrate the way you want to celebrate. But if they do win it in Florida, Tampa Bay, Florida's wide open. There's, there's no mass mandates or anything like everything's it's pedal to the metal. Everything's open. So I hope they win it in Tampa. They can enjoy it because it's almost like you're celebrating two cups for one. It's a two for one special. 
right? Well, they celebrated last year. They were on the, on the jet skis and the boat and everything. I know. Well, when we had Barkley Gaudreau on the show, friend of the show, Stanley Cup champ. He's like, we, we partied for a couple of days and that, that was it. There wasn't yeah. really much to do. It wasn't like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like Brady, <laughs> that was a party. I was listening to an interview recently with Marshan where he talked about when he, when he won as like a 23-year-old in 2011. And he was he was partying for like four weeks. And eventually Cam, <laughs> Cam Neely told Sean Thornton to tell Marshawn to go home. <laughs> so, he, so Thornton called him up. He's like, hey, Cam wants you to leave. You got to get out of go Boston. Go back to Nova Scotia. Get out of Boston. Brad, it's too much. People are starting to get worried about you. Go home. We got to start thinking about next year at some point. <laughs> He's just, well, gosh, I can't even imagine. Honestly, I didn't make the NHL until I was much older than 23. So he's got the, the world by the cojones. And he's in Boston, which is just, I partied in Boston. It's a Me heck too. of a town to party in. <laughs> you know, well, you party with Gronk. You guys are boys. I've seen the pictures. Tim took a picture of Gronk at a bar when he was walking by, and he's like, there's my boy. I'm like, you could not even get within That's not 50 feet of him. But I can't even imagine winning a Stanley Cup at that age and just, you have the city city right where you want it, and you can do whatever you want. And that was their first cup in a while, if, if I stand corrected, right, the Bruins? Yeah, since, since the Bobby Orr days. Yeah, so that, what, what a time. So they've only won one cup, the Bruins? Yes. Doesn't it feel like they've won so many more cups? No. No? They've been to two others, but they're always in the hunt. Yeah, I guess just as a non-Bruins fan, maybe it just seems that way. It's like if someone were to ask me how many cups the Bruins have won in the last 15 years, I'd be like, two, three, it's one. That's just the Boston thing. You just picture Boston, a city of champs. They are. Well, they were. Not anymore. They are. The Red Sox potentially could win it this year. If Chris Sale comes back and he's his former self, which – I can't see why he wouldn't be. They they could they could do some damage. Them and the Toronto Blue Jays. Oh, what a what a rivalry they have. Those two teams, historic, just historic. But anyways, going back to the the hockey game, game four, Montreal won overtime. Josh Anderson, you know Montreal things got a ha- little bit hairy at the end of the game. Shea Weber, what did you think of that penalty? I mean, you got to call it. You drew blood, so. Yeah, I, I, there's no discretion there. It wasn't an, uh, I don't know, I guess anytime it, you draw blood, I, I didn't like that rule when they instituted it. Of course you didn't. Well, it's it's one of these things where what if he was already cut? What if the guy cuts himself on the bench? There's a lot of gray area where somebody could milk it and get four minutes, just like in that situation. Some guys bleed more easily than others. Some guys got paper skin. I fought Mitch Fritz. And he's a big old boy. Have you, you know Mitch Fritz? I don't have a name. He's six nine, like just an absolute, just behemoth of a man. Makes me look tiny. Did he play any games in the show? He did. He fought George the Rock. He he fought some of the toughest guys. Not a strong skater. Uh, I played a charity game with him a few years back. Not a strong skater. Um. <laughs> anyways, I fought him in the AHL. I was with Houston. He was with some team from out east so they came in i was like oh boy this guy's massive they score we line up i'm like would you can want to fight he's like absolutely i'm like great (laughs) so he starts just hammering me with just lefts and rights and i don't know it was like my second fight ever in pro hockey maybe third i was not established at that point i throw some random right hand that thankfully cuts him above the eye 
and he's bleeding pretty good. The refs jump in because they there was a rule where anybody who's bleeding, you have to stop the fight for whatever reason. I don't understand that rule either. But I was so happy because he would have just beat the doors off me. I never had to play against him again. But anyways, well, how do we talk about that? I don't know. Oh, blood, the paper skin. Yeah. So he has paper skin. He, he is a known bleeder. And I went back and I watched all of his fights. You would graze his face and he would just get busted wide open. And I saw him in that charity game. I was like, Mitch, why do you bleed so easily? He's like, I have no idea. It's just my skin. I, I don't know what it is, but I literally will bump into something and my face will just explode wide open. <laughs> Isn't it funny how people have different things like that? Yeah. It's like, what is the worst possible profession that that guy could pick? Let's be a hockey fighter. Like, and he, he's going to, the optics of his fights are so bad because people see that fight and like, ah, John nailed him. You won the fight. I'm like, I lost that fight. Mitch Fritz beat me up. But because I cut him and he had to stop because of a technicality, I win the fight. And, and I, every time I tell that story to somebody in a bar or at a charity event or whatever, I'm like, I beat up Mitch Fritz. Yeah. Cut him for like 15 across the brow. <laughs> Guy can't hang. <laughs> you know, yeah. it is. It, it is just how it goes. You first one to draw blood usually wins. That's that's how it goes. Do you think like another fighter could watch that and be like, okay, here's, here's what really happened? Well, or, any anybody would watch that and be like, John got lucky and drew blood. I, yeah, if you're listening, go watch my fight versus Mitch Fritz. I didn't know what was happening. Hockeyfights.com. Ho- on hockeyfights.com. That's the only place to watch hockey fights. I don't know where else you would go. It doesn't make sense to me that you would go anywhere else but hockeyfights.com. That being said, Montreal won. We're going back to Tampa Bay. Very exciting. They played well. What I thought was interesting with that game, they just threw their five six defensemen away. Edmondson and Gustafson were just gone. Merrill and Gustafson. Oh, sorry. Merrill and Gustafson are just gone. They're like no nowhere to be seen. And then they put in Romanoff and he scores a goal. Yep. Like that not a bad introduction to the team. Like, here you go. I'm gonna score a goal to get us to game five. Anyways, good coaching strategy. Putting in two guys who haven't played in a long time. It's like here you go. But it's also a weird thing. It's like it almost is good that they stayed sat the five six because those two guys Romano Roman, Romanov and the other guy I can't remember his name they've been practicing together for a long time is it Kulik I don't know but anyways yeah so it, it kind of cool they have just two guys pairings like alright we're going to take you two up with you two in because you guys have been getting bag skated for the last month and a half together you get you know building some chemistry whatever they benched um, Kakinemi yep played Jake Evans seem to work we'll see what happens do they have any chance of winning game five Tim just yes yeah Yes, yes, of course. Like odds, do you think they'll win? Tonight's uh, tonight. I do think they're going to win. Wow, yeah, really? I do. Wow. So if it gets to three two, then then things get interesting. Right, and that's what I think they're going to get interesting. But I don't. I don't think they pull off a, the upset or anything. But I, did, I think they win tonight and just get people talking and buzzing about it. I think it's over. Uh, that's what I think. I think they're going to go back to Tampa Bay. Tampa is going to take care of business. They, you know, they didn't play well in game four. They, they played good enough to win he, a couple of ounces here and there. They score in that power play. They had a three minute power play for the first three minutes of overtime. So good on Montreal for killing it. Like we said, going into this, I don't think special teams are going to be a factor. I don't think they have been a factor. Tampa's power play is okay. Montreal's penalty kill is pretty legit. Like they, it's really good. But anyways, Moving on, are both finals, the NHL and the NBA, just boring to you? 
Well, NBA is only one game but in. But it's boring. Milwaukee yeah. and Phoenix. I didn't watch anyway. The the least amount of sexy teams I could think of. And certainly, like, yeah, NHL has been pretty boring. It's too. been pretty bland. It, it is not very exciting. The first three games were kind of ho-hum. Game four was somewhat exciting. But there had, like, I guess the goal Coleman scored, that's going to be, you know, the stamp on the series. But other than that, it hasn't been that intense. It hasn't been that dramatic. It hasn't been that exciting. It really hasn't been. Kucherov's going to win the con Smythe. There's no one really close. Vasilevsky. Goalies don't usually win the con Smythe. Did you know that? It's very rare that a goalie wins a con Smythe. I'm just saying. I think it's only happened 15 times out of all the Stanley Cups that's been awarded. So it's it's not very often a goalie wins it. It's usually the highest scoring player, and that's Kucherov by a country mile at this yeah. point. Yep. And people might say, well, he sat out the year. Well, I might say, yeah, he sat out the year. Like that's that's a lot of hockey to miss. So you're obviously coming in. Yeah, you have fresh legs, but you're going to be rusty as rust, you know. So what do you put in your smoothie, Tim? Uh, today I put in banana, mango, strawberry, and spinach. And you just got that fruit on uh, on you know in the fridge, in the freezer. Freezer. Yeah. Good for you. You're so healthy. But anyway, so we sent out a tweet, and let's we're not going to do all the questions we got because some of them were. You know, questions that have just been beat to death. Yeah. What? How did the All-Star game feel, John? <laughs> yeah. Tell us what happened with Kessel. Yeah, Phil Kessel, what, what were you thinking? And I'm not trying to throw stones. Those are great questions. But we're not going to answer them now because I feel like I've answered them enough times that I d- I'm not going to answer them again. So we'll, we'll do a couple questions. It'll be fun. I love doing this stuff. It's so yeah, great. We right, got go a ahead. lot of good ones. Go ahead. All right, I'm gonna, the first one you're not going to like. The fight in 2010 versus Bulldog. Was it Bullduke? Mm-hmm. Your bald spot, has it gotten bigger, shrunk, or stayed the same ever since? What do you think, Tim? It seems it's the same. It's, 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 it's stayed the same. Who wrote that question? Uh, someone named Saw Diesel. Saw Diesel. That's a rude question. It, it's, <laughs> it, yeah. Well, Brendan Gallagher, did you see him when his helmet fell off? Yeah. Did we talk about it on the show? No. I think we might have off air, but boy, he did not look good when his helmet came off. The widow's peak, the bald spot, it, it it's amplified when you're sweating because the hair's all matted down. You don't have that fluff, that life. So the reasoning behind the bald duke situation. I am very self-conscious about my hairline and I don't like it. My dad has it. I've always hated it. It's always been, you know, something I've, I've thought about. So we we're ready to fight. I don't have a visor on. I've never worn a visor. Balduke challenges me. Derek Bugard had just beat up Darcy Hordacek. We were beating the Canucks five to two or six to two. We had as you like to say, Tim, a wagon of a team for tough guys. So pick your poison. We had a lot of tough guys. So Hordachuk, Vancouver's tough guy, just gets beat up by Boogie. Rightfully so, Boogie was an absolute, you know, heavy, heavy, heavyweight. Bull Duke, I'd never even heard of the guy. He gives me the tap. I'm like, he's like, let's go. Perfect. Let's go. I drop my gloves. He drops his gloves. He starts backing up towards center ice, and he takes his helmet off. I'm like, that's a bad move. 
And then he points at me like, are you going to take your helmet off? <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself. How the turntables. I'm like, I, I hadn't planned on it. <laughs> and so I'm like, man. So I take my helmet off and instinctively I go to my hair because I take my helmet off and I'm like, I got to fix it. I got to make sure my, my widow's peaks are covered and I got to give it a fluff so the bald spot can't be seen because at ice level, all the cameras are above you. Yeah. And I'm aware of this. You a know, little I, halo above your head. I'm lucky enough to be tall. So if I see people on the street, they don't have any idea what's going on at the top of my head. I could have a complete, like just thing shaved in the top of my head. You have no idea. Anyways, I fixed the hair. I looked great. And I absolutely just beat the snot out of Alexander Balduke to the fact to the point where I separated both of his shoulders and gave him a concussion. He didn't play a game the rest of the season. Like just worked him. And the only thing I regret from that fight, I was still young. It was my first year. I go to the penalty box and I shake my hand and I'm like, ah, my hand. And I was trying to play it up. Like I really hurt my hand. My hand was fine. I was just doing it for, for show. And it probably hurt a little bit, but not to the point where I'm like, ah, I'm sitting by Boogie like, ah, ah, my hand hurts so much because I just beat him up so bad. I should have done that. I, I Every time I watch that, which is daily, I think... <laughs> I think HockeyVice.com. Yeah, I, I just like, what are you doing, John? It's so stupid. What, is, what does Boogie say to you in the, in, the, in the box in a moment like that? He doesn't say a word. He's so embarrassed for me shaking my hand. If you go watch the video, watch this one too. Uh, he just stares straight ahead doesn't even acknowledge me and I always wondered what was going through his head because he beat up Portachuk not handily it wasn't a great fight I absolutely worked Bull Duke and I wonder if he's thinking I'm out of Minnesota like I'm gone they're not going to resign me this guy's you know he, that's, that's what you would have been thinking well that's what I would have been thinking and you can tell he's just staring straight ahead he glances over at me once and goes just like because I was shaking my hand he looks at me and it's like look straight ahead and we were pretty good friends. <laughs> yeah. He probably just didn't like me, but yeah, he he was probably just thinking maybe my job's going to be taken. Like uh, I would be thinking the same thing if a tough guy came in. I thought it when Minnesota brought in Matt Cassian. I thought it when Chicago had Brandon Bolig. I thought it when Buffalo, we got Nick Delorier. And every time I was right, I lost my job to those guys because they're cheaper, they're younger, whatever it is. So there you go. Alexander Bolduke. Okay. Uh, alumni game, San Jose versus Chicago. Which team do you play for? Hi, uh, Chicago. I played there longer, I think. It depends on... How many yeah. games, though? <laughs> oh, gosh. I might have played more games in San Jose, to be honest with you. No, I didn't play many games. You know the funny thing about San Jose, and I think Kevin Kurtz, their, their radio or TV or whatever beat writer... He tweeted something where my record with San Jose was impeccable. I remember that. Yeah, and every t- like it was above six or seven hundred winning percentage that season, and they we were bad that season. So, for what it's worth, I would this this would be a good little project for someone to go back and see my win loss record, if that's a thing. I don't know if if you could even look at that at hockeyfights.com or or whatever <laughs> another website, but um, hockey DB or whatever. Because I'd be interested to know my winning percentage. It's got to be above 500. And I played on some pretty horrific teams. So, if it, I don't know. It's not nothing, Tim. Who's your favorite fighter in the league right now? It's nobody. Nobody at all. 
Nobody. Reeves? No. Reeves is the toughest. His fights are always lackluster and short because he's just so strong and he he throws so heavy that the fights are over with. You got to go to the guys who... Like actually can have a good good fight. Um, gosh, who is a good fighter? Like the big guy from L.A. McDermott. Yeah, Ross Johnson. Ross Johnson. No one really excites me where I see the fight in the queue. I'm like, I gotta watch this fight. You know what I mean? Whereas ten years ago, you would see a queue and be like, whoa. Like McGratton fought Colt Nor. Gotta watch. Remember Derek England and Colt Nor had their battles back and forth. They each like just put each other to sleep a couple times. Like those are the fights I would see. I'm like, I gotta watch that fight. Like it was great. <clears throat> What's the dumbest argument you saw players have in the locker room? The dumbest argument? Yeah. Anything petty or annoying? Well, or- just for points, like picking up a second assist. You know, so I touched that puck. No, no, you didn't. And then they would get into arguing because guys have bonuses and they have kind of plateaus that they need to reach to get certain amounts of money. And it's just, I just, I never prescribed. And there were some stars that would be involved in this, like some high-end guys who needed to get a certain amount of points, whether it be 50 or 75 or get 30 goals or why an empty net goal all of a sudden becomes a big deal. (laughs) <laughs> and at the end of the game, if you don't pass it over and you go for the shot, it, it's fireworks in the locker room. Did they did that like pick up toward the end of the season? Like yeah. you see, like okay, the deadline's coming. I gotta hit my numbers. Yeah, and it, the worst. I don't know if this is petty or not necessary, but changing for a minus, it's an art form. So if you're a forward and you see the other team on a three on two or a two on one you're making your way for the bench to get off the ice because you don't want to eat that minus. And if you're getting on the ice for that minus, you hate, hate the guy who's changing because you're like, you son of a, like, you're making me eat this minus. I have nothing to do with the play. I'm just stepping on the ice. And as long as you can get two strides on the ice, it's a minus. It's, it's, it's a terrible rule. I wish there was a way around it because I do think plus minus has a place in the game, but there are so many like times where it's just like you had no impact on the play and it's just like, golly, like empty net goals. I remember one year, Joe Thornton in San Jose, going back to San Jose, I think he had minus nine or 10 or 11 just based on empty net goals. And it's like, why should that count against him? There's no goalie. They're trying to score. Like, it's not like they made a bad defensive play. Right. So that's guys would get in big arguments about that it's like you stay on the ice i'm not eating your minus anymore like i've had enough so i don't know stuff like that where like little stats where you don't think it would mean very much players look at those stats religiously every game they have stat packs on tables so you walk into the locker room before the game and they have a whole table spread and this is usually on the road they have it at home too but they'll have like the the food this and that beside that they'll have stacks like stacks of papers of stats stacks of stats and they're all stapled together they have the the team you're playing all their stat like the players their last 20 30 games all their statistics power play penalty kill shootout everything and they have it all stapled together they'll have your stats they'll have league stats they'll have scores from around the league over the last like three or four days 
and the players, you have so much time, you get those things and you just rifle through them. They have the league leaders of like points, goals, plus minus, and players are prideful. And it's like if you, they have league leaders for most minuses, so they have negative and positive. And players being so competitive, prideful, they don't want to be on the negative side and they want to be on the positive side. So it's like, okay, the guys know around the league who's getting what, and guys know you know, what they have to do to get into the top echelon. And, like, I took pride in getting pims. And so if I saw guys, like, jumping out ahead, I'd be like, gosh, I got to get a couple 10-minute misconducts at the end of the game. <laughs> and so i just go around, like, chirp the ref, like, ah, you suck, and give me a 10. So it, it's 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 the real thing. All right, let's do a couple more. Then. Okay. <clears throat> um, can you rollerblade as well as you can skate? Well, no. I, I think the thing with rollerblading is the fear factor. You don't know if you're going to hit a pebble or a stick. Yeah, on the ice, it's just like you can just buzz around. You don't have to worry. No, I can't. I can't. Yeah, it's funny you mention that. I was I was reading an article about that Stephen Johns, who's rollerblading across yeah. the continent, apparently. So, and then I was just like, and this is what I think about. I'm just driving. I'm thinking about that. I'm like, what would Tim? Where if you rollerbladed across the continent. Dropping the gloves t-shirt, obviously. But then I was like, do you remember Terry from uh, the cop show, Reno 911? I didn't watch that. So there's this character called Terry played by Nick Swartzen. Oh, yeah, I know him. And it's so funny. I was like, Tim would probably wear that, those rollerblades in that little outfit. I could just see him. He's so funny. So if anybody who's a computer guy superimposed Tim's head on, I think his name is Terry. And he's just this very flamboyant rollerblader who's always getting flamboyant, into, getting into mischief and starting trouble. What would Tim wear? Oh, yeah, it's this flamboyant TV character. It's very Perfect. short shorts, uh, a mid-drift shirt. <laughs> Look him up afterward on the show. It's very funny. But anyways, uh, no. To answer your question, I I haven't rollerbladed twenty years. Really? I used to. We used to play rollerblade hockey growing up in St. Catharines religiously in the summer oh yeah me too every single day we'd meet up at the school and it would be on there'd be like 20 guys we'd have obviously 10 on 10 two goalies there'd be lion shape it would be epic and it was so great that's legit it was ranked too with the boards and everything no no we never had that but it was it was legit we did have ball hockey with boards that was fun too we played that for a couple years that was a lot of fun what was the most hurtful chirp you heard and who was it from um, it's always the skill guys and they cut right to the core <laughs> it, 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 and it's, it's a very well-known chirp. It's like, you're better. Our team is better with you out here. Yeah. And it's just like, it cuts Claude Giroux. It, it's so mean. He skates by her bench and he looks at my coach. She's like, Hey, put big John out. We need a goal. <laughs> I'm just like, ah. Oh. I'm sitting right in front of the coach, and he just kept saying it. Does the coach laugh? I don't know. I'm not turning around. <laughs> and I, and then it's just rela- like, John, you haven't moved much, you know, on the bench. I'm just like, yep, still here. <laughs> what do you say moved. back to that? Nothing. You say nothing. You, do, you, do you smile or not? You don't give him that? I'm upset. I'm not smiling. I'm just like, yep. Not a good hockey player, apparently. Not as good as you, Claude Giroux. <laughs> like, he, he was very good at chirping. And he would just... The sheer lack of respect 
that I am getting because he's talking right through me to my coach who's behind me. Yeah. Hey, coach, when are you going to put Big John out? He looks a little tired. His legs could use a stretch. And it was just a constant every time he would pass by the bench. Those ones hurt. <laughs> that Because I didn't care if you – like, you suck or this – when you're talking to my coach, like trying to get me ice time, it's just like, ah, this ain't good. But yeah, those those are the ones that really, really, they still hurt to this day. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't like talking about it. <laughs> it's so good, though. Brilliant. All right, last question. What is your favorite animal and why? My favorite animal... I really liked growing up the snowy owl, the snow owl. <laughs> I don't so know. Random. I just liked the way it looked. I, I just thought it was a cool animal. I've always been in owls. We've been lucky enough to have some around our house and we can watch them. But what a majestic animal the snowy owl is. I don't know. I'm not. What, what are you, a tiger, a lion? A uh, bear. Alone, a bear. What kind of bear? A black bear who's always scared and timid, running away. <laughs> no, big Kodiak. <laughs> Bears are versatile. They can climb. They can swim. They can run. Did you see a grizzly, a Kodiak, just killed a camper in Montana? No. Yeah. They're vicious animals. Yeah, they're scary. Absolutely vicious. I used to... When I first retired, I got a lot of opportunities to do different things. And there was this gold company who wanted to name their gold company after me. <laughs> right? So I was like, they wanted to rebrand. I'm like, listen, we want to do it's We're going to call it Enforcer Gold by John Scott. I was like, all right. And they paid me a good, decent amount of money. And I used to go to these gold conferences. <laughs> and How has this never come up before? I don't know. It was like for a year and a half. And I went up to gold mines and stuff, and I was like mingling with the gold community for a good year and a half in Canada. So I met a I met a guy who told me a story. He was like prospecting in the woods in BC, and he was just you know looking for gold, and he saw a grizzly bear like fifty yards off, and all of a sudden the bear just charged right for him. And bears run like yeah. they, you can't get away, and so he's running away from the bear. And the bear is about 10 feet from him. And all of a sudden, somehow, a goat walks out or some kind of other animal. And the bear takes down the goat. And the guy runs away. It, wow. it was bizarre. Like, And he's like, I thought I was dead. Divine intervention. Because he got dropped off by a helicopter. Yeah. Yeah, one of those. So it was one of those things where you get dropped off and you go to the pickup place because he's in the woods. Like, you can't see him. And he would have been dead. No one would have found him. It would have been just, where did he go? And I said, grizzly bears are scary. I don't want, I don't mess with grizzly bears. No way. But you are you want to be a grizzly bear. I don't want to be one. That's your spirit animal. I just, yeah, I admire, I respect them. I, I, I'm scared of them. You know what other animal, I maybe I gravitate towards birds is a loon. A loon? Love a loon. What's a loon? It's a bird. It's a waterfowl. <laughs> so a cool story. My parents' cottage, they, they, their former cottage, um, they used to have a cottage on Lake Rosso in northern Ontario. My parents were sitting on the deck one day, and they had a family of ducks. That, it looks like a duck. Yeah, but it's like a, it's like a cool, sleek duck. Black and white, white feather. Anyways, so my parents, yeah, I know what a loon looks like. That's like... I. Why would you show me that picture? I'm just confirming this is the right thing. That's a loon, yeah. Like, it's just a killer head. Looks like a... It's a sweet-looking bird. So, they're on the loony, by the way. 
But anyways, so my parents have this cottage in Lake Rossell in the Muskoka areas. And they had a, like a family of ducks that they used to feed. And they were really close to these ducks. And one day they were sitting on their dock and they got their ducks, you know, as they do, just swimming around. Out of nowhere, out of nowhere, from underneath, a loon spears the duck from underneath and kills it. And the duck flops onto the deck and dies. Apparently, loons are very territorial. Did they eat the duck? No, he's just sending a message. Get out of my territory. This is my lake. And I I didn't even know loons did this, but my parents like, it was incredible. So the loon must have went, went under the water like 100 yards away because my parents said they didn't even see it go under the water. Swam under the water like a stinking submarine. Gets enough force to degree upwards and stabs the, the duck from underneath, kills it, and then flies away. And this is my pond. This is my lake. Beat it. I'm the alpha duck in this, this pond. Mallard. I'm a loon. So I, I think loons are pretty BA. And it's I been your favorite good. animal ever since? No, no, no. I, still like, I still like a snowy owl. But, and it, it's funny. I do like birds. And you know what? I like female singers over male singers. If that, is, is that still an animal or are you talking about actual I just, singers? That just, things that don't make sense to me, I like female singers. Like, I like their voices. So if I'm going to listen to music, I prefer a female voice. That's just me, Tim. Take it or leave it. Who's your favorite? Female singer? Yeah. Of all time? Yeah. Avril Lavigne? Yeah. She's got a great voice. Or Nelly Furtado. She rocks harder than anyone alive. She does not. But I like Nelly Furtado when I was growing up. Oh, I had a Nelly Furtado poster on my wall. I was really into Avril Lavigne. They're Canadian songstresses, so what do you expect me to do? You know, I had no chance. That's all, everybody. Well, this was a strange episode, Tim. This is fun. It's a good break. It was. Yeah, we took a break from the hockey. Game five's tonight. Very exciting. Hopefully, Montreal can make a series of it. We will check back in with you guys on Friday. I hope you have a good week. I hope you had a better week than I have so far. Not yeah. hard to do. Yeah, the bar is very low. The, yes, very, very, very easy to jump over that. But anyways, everybody, we'll talk to you Friday. Go to HockeyFights.com. Check it out. Lots of cool stuff. We'll talk to you guys later. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. 